0: Hi, my name is Cecilia. If you're listening to me, I'd like to say welcome and thank you. I hope you guys are well. I hope you're still staying safe. Um, So, today is 25th uh, of June on a Thursday. So, the last couple of weeks from the time I started this podcast, I've been uploading my episodes every Thursday. But somehow this week just went by. And when I woke up in the morning, I told myself like, I have to record an episode today because I thought it was Wednesday. And when I looked at my phone, I saw it was Thursday. And I was like, hey, like uh, days just went by. So on Monday, I sat down and wrote some potential topics that I want to talk about. And we didn't have Wi-Fi on Tuesday. And then on Wednesday, which was yesterday, I was in town doing some work. And I didn't actually know that yesterday was... Wednesday. I actually thought it was Tuesday. So today morning I was all psyched up, ready to record an episode, and just realized that I'm a day late. So this episode, this episode, you'll <laughs> I'll upload it uh tomorrow. And I wanted to also do something a bit different. I woke up uh with the motivation to record an episode, but I also wanted to do something different. I know the last couple of episodes have been talking about small businesses, my journey, my experiences, and I just wanted to try I just felt the need to try something new. And I have two books here with me. Uh one is uh Guide to Investing, Rich Dad's Guide to Investing, uh by Robert T. Kiyosaki. And I took this book from my shelf in the morning. I don't have that many books. I have like Ten or twelve, and this is one of the business related books that I have and I thought, maybe I should just read a chapter or a section of this book, and um, we can learn something from it as <laughs> as we read it uh, maybe I can do it, maybe I can make it a series and we can be reading it once a week or something i'm not sure i'm just this is this something that I'm trying. Uh, I remember I got this book in 2010 in my first job. Uh, I was working at, um, what is it called? Uh, tour farm. And one of my colleagues was reading this book and they finished it. And I asked them whether I should borrow the book. And I did, I never got to finish it. I think I got halfway. I got halfway, but I never finished it. But I still, there's advice I got from this book that I hold dear to this day. And I just figured that right now. Things are hard. We're all thinking about money, where to get money. What should we do with the money that we have? If we even have money, like we're all trying to figure out this money thing. And this book talks about money. And I was just like, you know what? Maybe we can learn something from it. And maybe some advice from this book might help us during this figuring out pandemic period, like what to do. Uh, The other book is Girl Boss. Um, This was one of the first books I bought when I decided that I will be... One of my New Year resolutions, years back, was to read a book at least once a month. And this was one of the first books I bought. I bought it at um, Textbook Center Junction. And it's just the story of the CEO and founder of um, Nasty Girl. Nasty Girl is a clothing brand. Uh, And this time is also a time when... People are thinking about opening businesses, trying out new businesses. And I just figured that maybe if we read this book together, we can get some tips and advice. And I know sometimes it's hard to sit down and just read a book with so much going on and so much stress going on and so much worry going on that it's difficult to even find even 15 minutes to read a chapter or something okay i personally i'm speaking from my experience i personally have been struggling and i know i read somewhere from a book uh, some time back that anything you need to know about anything is written in a book somewhere all you need to do is find the book and read it and you will find the solution so there's nothing new under the sun and Maybe by us reading this book, some of us are going to get some advice, some tips and encouragement, some ideas to help us uh, sustain ourselves for the next couple of months because we don't know how long all this is going to take. Already we are feeling very strong blows, especially if you're a small business owner. We're already feeling the blows of things just going down and down. So yeah, so I hope you guys like this. I'm going to make it make maybe do this once a week and by once a week that means i'll be doing two episodes a week i'm still debating <laughs> uh but yeah. so it will just be me sitting down and reading uh the book uh up to some point where i feel like we've gotten enough and not for too long i try to make this episode at least 20 to 30 minutes And then, yeah, maybe we summarize what we think we've learned from it. Uh, I I summarize what I think I've learned from it. And, yeah, next time we pick up from where we left off. So imagine if it's like a bedtime story and I am the parent reading you people a bedtime story. But now about money and business and starting a business and small businesses. Yeah. Anyway, so let's start. So I will start with the Rich Dad's Guide to Investing what the rich invest in that the poor and the middle class do not by robert t kiyosaki what's this with sharon l Lecher cpa and then there's a star best new york times wall street seller by the way this book is so old i wish you guys could see it it's like it's in tatters (laughs) it's quite old but yeah let's just start so the first Thing I'm seeing the first chapter here. I'm seeing it's not even a chapter. Maybe it's just, yeah, it's a father's advice on investing. So years ago, I asked my, oh, I'll also be sipping a cup of tea that I have here. Mm-hmm. As we go on. <laughs> okay. So years ago, I asked my rich dad, what advice would you give to the average investor? His reply was don't be average, and the ninety ten rule of money. Most of us have heard of the eighty twenty rule. In other words, eighty percent of our success comes from twenty percent of our efforts, originated by the Italian economist Vilfredo Pareto in eighteen ninety seven. It is also known as the principle of least effort. Rich dad agreed with the eighty twenty rule for overall success in all areas, but money. When it came to money, he believed in the 90-10 rule. Rich Dad noticed that 10% of the people had 90% of the money. He pointed out that in the world of movies, 10% of the actors made 90% of the money. He also noticed that 10% of the athletes made 90% of the money, as did 10% of the musicians. The same 90-10 rule applies to the world of investing, which is why his advice to investors was don't be average an article in The Wall Street Journal recently validated his opinion. It stated that ninety per cent of all corporate shares of the st- of stock in America are owned by just ten per cent of the people. This book explains how some of the investors in the ten per cent have gained ninety per cent of their wealth and how you might be able to do the same so yeah, some facts there for you that only a small percentage get a big percentage of the money. Um, so, Rich Dad's Guide to Investing, the introduction, what you will learn from reading this book. The Securities and Exchange Commission, SEC of the United States, defines an individual as an accredited investor if the individual has, number one, $200,000 or more, in annual income that is definitely not me or three hundred thousand dollars or more in annual income as a couple <sighs> or one million dollars or more in net worth so <laughs> that's the definition for the S E S E, the securities and exchange commission so i'm assuming that this sec is the same as the nsc here in kenya uh the stock exchange here yeah the ns wait the kenyan one is nsc nairobi yes nairobi stock exchange yes the nsc here in kenya uh yeah so the sec as the sec established these requirements to protect the average investor from some of the worst and most risky investments in the world the problem is these investor requirements also shield the average investor from some of the best investments of the world in the world, which is the one reason why rich Dad advice is to the average investor was don't be average so these rules are set to protect an average investor from the riskiest investment, but also in the same uh light protects you from the best investment so i don't know do do does the Kenya NSC have rules like this. I would like to know because, honestly, that's a part of, uh, that, that's a part I've never even ventured into. I always hear people saying, like, like, oh, let's invest in, in stock, let's buy shares. I hear people buying shares for various companies, but I've never really understood the whole business behind buying shares, if I'm being very honest. Um and how like like clearly understand it because i feel like here in kenya sometimes people do things because everyone else is doing because i remember when i was in campus safaricom when they first announced that they're selling shares there was me and my mom we went she took me obviously and there was such a long line of people there buying safaricom shares but like like right now if i look back at it i keep wondering did did all those people really understand what they were buying into? Like, do they did they really understand, or were they just doing it because you know, invest qua shares. We are buying stock. We are buying shares at Safaricom. You know, and that's something I would love to understand. I'd love to understand how the shares business works. I remember there was a time I saw on social media some influencers were taken to the Nairobi Stock Exchange and they were learning, or they were being taught something about the Nairobi Stock Exchange, I cannot remember because I can't clearly remember what was being done there. But yeah, I've seen that before. But do you if you know of any websites or uh, people who go into this here in Nairobi, I would like you can leave links so that I can go more into it to be able to understand. Because then I always feel you cannot talk about something you do not even understand. And even sometimes just investing in something just because people are doing it How is that even beneficial? You know, I don't know. That's just me. Okay, let's continue. Uh, Starting with nothing. I think we are all there now. We We are like with the economy right now, it feels like we are starting with nothing. This book begins with me returning from Vietnam in 1973. I had less than a year to go before I was going to be discharged from the Marine Corps. That meant in less than a year, I was going to have no job most people don't have jobs right now, no money, money is dwindling, and no assets. Okay, no assets, we don't have assets. So this book begins at a point that many of you may recognize, yes we do, and that is and that is a point of starting with nothing. So I feel like we are all here, and that's where he's starting from, and that's why I thought this would be a good book for us to read, because I feel like we are all... We can all relate to the situation and maybe we can pick up from there and learn something as we move forward. Um, Writing this book has been a challenge. I have written and rewritten it four times. This draft began at at the SEC's accredited investors level, the level that begins with a $200,000 minimum annual income. After the book was completed the first time, it was Sharon Letcher, my co-author, who reminded me of Rich Dad's 910 rule of money. She said, While this book is about investments that the rich, while this book is about the investments that the rich invest in, the reality is less than 10% of the population in America earn more than 200000 dollars a year. In fact, I believe it is less than 3% that earns enough to qualify as an accredited investor. So the challenge of this book was to write about the investments the rich invest in, investments that begin at the minimum requirement of dollars, 200,000 in earnings, and still include all readers regardless if they have money to invest or not. That was quite a challenge and and why it required writing and rewriting the book four times. Hmm. So some tips for you. People who want to start a business sometimes it's not always straightforward. This person had to write this book four times, so nothing is easy. Don't just do something once and think it's perfect. <laughs> Tip: It's now it now begins at the most basic of investor levels and goes to the most sophisticated investor level. Instead of beginning beginning we at the accredited investor level, the book now begins in 1973 because that is when I had no job. No money and no assets. A point in my life most of us have shared. All I had in 1973 was the dream of someday being very rich. Yes, we all want to be rich. And becoming an investor who qualified to invest in the investments of the rich. That's what we all want. Investments that few people ever hear about or that are written about in the financial newspapers or sold over the counter by investment brokers. This book begins when I had nothing but a dream and my rich dad's guidance to become an investor who could invest in the investments of the rich. So regardless, regardless, if you have very little money to invest or have a lot to invest today, and regardless, if you know very little about investing, hands up like me, or know a lot about investing, this book should be of interest to you. It is written as lim- simply as possible about a very complex subject. It is written to include anyone interested in becoming a better informed investor, regardless of how much money they have. Yeah, that's where we are heading. So, hopefully, by the end of by the time we finish reading this book, we'll be more informed. Um, if this is your first book on investing, which this was my first book on investing, and I think the first and the only, and you are concerned that it may be too compli- complicated. Please do not be concerned. All Sharon and I ask is that you have the willingness to learn and read this book from beginning to the end with an open mind. So, everyone who's listening to me, let's have an open mind. We might just gain something to help us survive this pandemic from this book. <laughs> um If there are parts of the book that you do not understand, then just read the words but continue on to the end. Even if you do not understand everything, just by reading all the way through to the conclusion of this book, you will know more about the subject of investing than many people who are currently investing in the market. In fact, by reading the entire book, you will know a lot more about investing than many people who are giving investment advice and being paid to give their investment advice. Yes, Kenyans who like giving you advice, let's let's invest in Safaricom, let's invest in... Yeah, this will give us more knowledge. Um, this book begins with the simple and goes into the sophisticated without getting too bogged down in detail and complexity. In many ways, this book starts simple and remains simple through covering some very sophisticated investor strategies. This is a story of a rich man guiding a young man with pictures and diagrams to help explain the often confusing subject of investing. Applaud, Yeah. (laughs) So, I like that introduction very much because most of the time if you saw a book like this in the shelf, you'd be scared to pick it. I never bought this book, I got it from a friend. And I just love the introduction and that I feel we all relate to being in that level where we don't, we don't have, money is becoming difficult, we're in a state where we're trying to figure things out, and I think this would be, this would be a great journey for both of us, if you're listening to me, for, because also for me, I'm I'm reading this book, feels like I'm reading it afresh, because I read it back in 2010, and I'll have my pen and paper with me, and jot down some Points that I find are important to also help me, and I hope and I hope that it will help you. So if you have some monies or you're planning to get some monies, we can figure out how together we can figure out how to invest. Like you said, we learn more about investment by reading this book from beginning to end. Um, so I think I should leave it from there. The next part we'll be reading is the 9010 rule of money, and yeah. I think I should just leave it for, leave it there to, you know, to build their anticipation for <laughs> the next week when I'll be reading this book. Um Yeah. So, the other book is Galbos, Sophia Amoruso. Sophia Amoruso, Galbos. And this Galbos, hashtag Galbos, is a terminology that many people like using these days. And... Everyone refers to themselves as a girl boss. This and a girl boss that. So, yeah. Um, Let me see. Chapter one. Chapter one. Chapter one. I don't know if you've read this. If any of you have read this book, I'd really like to know. Uh, I read it pretty quickly. I like that it's not such a fat book compared to this other one. So, it's very easy to go quickly through it um yeah so number one is a girl boss no a girl boss knows when to throw punches and when to roll with them so number one so you want to be a girl boss question mark life is short don't be lazy me that's what she she wrote so i think it's a quote by her and so you want to be a girl boss so i'm starting i'm just reading the the beginning uh so you want to be a girl boss hashtag girl boss I'm going to start by telling you two things. First, that's great. You've already taken the first step towards an awesome life by simply wanting one. Second, that's the only step that's going to be easy. See, here's the thing about being a girl boss. It's not easy. It takes a lot of hard work to get there. And then once you arrive, it it takes even more hard work to stay there. But then who's scared of hard work? I sure as hell I'm not, and I'm sure you aren't either. Or if you are, I'm sure this book will change your mind so that by the end of the last chapter, you'll be practically screaming, where is some work? I want some <laughs> work, and I want it now. A girl boss is someone who is in charge of her own life. She gets, uh, she gets what she wants because she works for it. As a girl boss, you take control and accept responsibility. You are a fighter. You know when to throw the punches and when to roll with them. Sometimes you break the rules, sometimes you follow them, but you always, but always on your own terms. You know where you're going. You can't do it without having some, ah, uh, uh, but can't do it without having some fun along the way. You value honesty over perfection. You ask questions. You take your life seriously, but you don't take yourself too seriously. You're going to take over the world and change it in the process. You're badass. That's the introduction. Um, Yeah, so I'm trying to debate. Should I? Maybe I should just read one page about it. Like one instead of a full chapter. The chapter is quite short, but let me just read a page. So why should you listen to me? Women make natural anarchists and revolutionaries. That's a quote by Kim Gordon. If there, if there were rules to being a girl boss, which there are, there, which they are not, one of them would be to question, would be to question everything, including me. We are definitely starting off on the right foot here. I'm the founder, CEO, and creative director of Nasty Girl. I built this business on my own in just seven short years. Whew. Yeah. Like I say, you have to be patient with yourself. Like... I know sometimes you see things on social media and Instagram and YouTube make it look like it's so easy to just become famous and popular and an influencer, but good things take time. And you're not even hearing this from me. This is from a book by the founder and CEO of Nastigal. Seven years, seven short years and all before the age of 30. I didn't come from money or pre- prestigious schools. I didn't have any adults telling me what to do along the way. I figured it out on my own. Nasty Girl has gotten a lot of press, but it's often spun like a fairy tale. Savvy in Gwing, With a rags to riches story. Check. Prince Charming. If... Prince Charming? Question mark. If we are talking about my investor Danny Rimmer of Index Ventures, then check. Lots of shoes, check. And I don't mind, press is fine. But I'm worried of reinforcing the perception that all of this happened overnight and that it happened to me. Don't get me wrong. I will be the first to admit that I have been fortunate in so many ways. But I must stress that none of this was an accident. It took years of living from dirty fingernails from digging through vintage, a few painful burns from steaming clothes. And many an aged Kleenex hiding in a coat pocket to get there. <laughs> not too long ago, someone told me that I had an obligation to take nasty girl as far as I possibly could because I'm a role model for girls who want to do cool stuff with their own lives. I'm still not sure how I feel about that because for most of my life, I didn't even believe in the concept of role models. I don't want to be the to be put on a pedestal. Anyway. I'm um, way, I'm um, anyway. I'm way too, I'm way too ADD to stay up there. I'd rather be making messes and making history while I'm at it. I don't want you. I don't want you to look up hashtag #GirlBoss because all that looking up can keep you down. The energy you'll you'll expend focusing on someone else's life is better spent working on your own. Just be your own idol. I'm telling my story to remind you that the straight and narrow is not is not the only path of success. As you'll see in the rest of the book, I didn't earn my accolades growing up. I've been a dropout, a nobody, a thief, a shitty student, and a lazy employee. I was always in trouble as a kid from punching my best friend in the stomach when she dropped my Play-Doh, I was four, to getting ratted out for lightning, hairspray, on fire at a family gath- gathering. <laughs> Guilty. I was regularly uh, the bad example. As a teen, I was angst on wheels. And as an adult, I'm essentially a young half Greek Larry David in Hills, incapable of hiding discomfort, dissatisfaction, or doubt. Inescapably myself and often honest to a fault. I tried the obvious route of hourly jobs and community college, and it just never worked for me. I'd been told for so long that the path to success was waved with a series of boxes you checked off, starting off with getting a degree, getting a job, and as I kept trying and failing at this, it sometimes seemed that I was destined for a life in the loser lane, but I always suspected that I was destined for and that I was capable of something bigger, that something turned that something turned out to be nasty girl, but you know what, I didn't find nasty girl, I created it. So I think I'll just stop there um, because <laughs> if I continue, I'll just finish the whole introduction. But yeah, so I like that introduction that she, especially like, let's just relate it to the Kenyan context. Our parents want us to go to college, wants us to pick a course, a course that will enable us to get a job. Like there are all these check boxes you have to check. And she says that she was not like that. She was different. She... She was actually the kid who most Kenyan parents would say, like, don't, I don't want you associating with this. This person is not your friend. Please, you bad. This person is a bad influence. But, you know, some of us feel some, some of, uh, <laughs> I was never a bad child, but I'm sure there are people who feel that their lives are just on the opposite side of the lane. And what I like about it is she says that that doesn't mean that that's a bad thing. Maybe that you being different is what will allow you to create something unique. And I also like that she points out that it didn't just happen. She had to create it. And she didn't come from a high-end school or all that. She had to work hard. And that's seven years of her life. We all know Nasty as a brand. And so I love that she goes into why it's it was not she goes into into it and show showing us that it's not always that easy you know it's actually not easy you have to really work hard at it so how many minutes is this this is 28 minutes of recording um i don't want to i I don't know if this is something you'd be interested in me continuing to read these books maybe i should read one book and then finish it and then Read another book and finish it. I don't know. I just got the idea to read the introduction to both books to give you like more of a old school vibe with a rich dad and then more of a millennial kind of like 20s, 18 vibe, millennial vibe, generation Z vibe with, <laughs> with the girl boss. Uh Yeah, maybe I can do both of them. Maybe I'll just do one. I'll decide as we go. So... I hope you found that interesting. I'd like, I'd really like to know, uh, our, our page on Instagram is at MBL underscore podcast. If you leave me a comment in one of our pictures in our DM, tell me about the feedback. I would really appreciate it. Anyway, thank you and see you guys next week. Bye.